Welcome, eagles and eaglets, to another edition of Road Noise. This is Will. And this is Jay. Families, we know you are on vacation today, but we could not let a Thursday go by, particularly a Thursday that falls on such a wonderful holiday, without talking about it. And today is Thanksgiving, and we want to talk a little bit about what we're thankful for. Jay, you think generally you're a thankful person? I'd like to think I am, especially with what I have prepared to talk about today. (laughs) Good. So you're prepared at least to scripted sound thankful. I hope so. I like to think that in general, I am a grateful person, but I think a lot of us can easily get consumed in the things that we don't have or the things that frustrate us or the challenges that maybe bear down on us and forget to celebrate the blessings. And that's the point of our conversation today. So what I thought we would do, Jay, is... First, share a couple stories back and forth from Scripture that speak to us on the idea of Thanksgiving, and then from there, maybe talk a little bit about what we're thankful for. Sounds great to me. Okay. Do you want to go first on Scripture, or you want me to go first? I'd like you to go first. I love the story that you're going to talk about. Okay, so families, when I think about Thanksgiving, a story that actually comes to mind is end of Acts, Acts 27. If you know the story, Paul is at the height of his missionary work, and he's gone to Jerusalem and witnessed about his experience on the road to Damascus, and he's told everyone, Jesus is the king to come. Join me. Become a Christian. And he is arrested for essentially spreading such sensational ideas, and they think inciting rebellion, and he is put on a prison ship and shipped to Rome. And on the way, it's one of the coolest stories I remember when I was a kid. It's almost like a pirate story. The ship gets lost at sea, and there's a big storm, and essentially the crew and the prisoners and everybody think that they're going to die. And in the middle of all of this, they turn to Paul, and Paul gives them words from God that have been revealed to him through an angel, essentially so that they can survive. And it hinges on their faith. It hinges on them staying together on the boat. What does all this have to do with Thanksgiving? Well, in the middle of all that, when the storm is at its highest and the threat is at its highest and they are so frightened, Paul stops, and this happens in Acts 27, verses 33 through 38. I'm going to read it. It says, Just before dawn, Paul urged them all to eat. For the last 14 days, he said, You have been in constant suspense and have gone without food. You haven't eaten anything. Now I urge you to take some food. You need it to survive. Not one of you will lose a single hair from his head. After he said this, he took some bread and he gave thanks to God in front of them all. Then he broke it and he began to eat. They were all encouraged and ate some food themselves. And when they had eaten as much as they wanted, they lightened the ship by throwing the grain into the sea. I don't know that that scripture comes up a ton at Thanksgiving meals, (laughs) but what speaks to me about that is my temptation anytime we approach a holiday, and particularly one like Thanksgiving, where we should pause and we should recognize our blessings, is there's so much noise. There's such a storm, metaphorically, but also in real life around me, that I feel like I can't turn it off, or maybe I shouldn't turn it off. I can't pause for an entire Thursday and just be with my family and sit in God's blessings and say thank you. I can't do that. There's too much to do. There's too much going on. And here we have in this story, Paul is going to prison, And in the middle of the journey to prison, he's on a boat caught in a storm where they're probably going to die. And in all of that, not only is he grateful to God, but he stops and says, let's eat. Let's all get together, eat in the middle of this storm, and let's say thank you. That is not an emergency response. If they make a film of that, James Cameron makes a film of this. That's not everybody getting into the lifeboats. That's at the height of all of it is the ship's about to break apart. Somebody says, let's have a meal. 
which is super bizarre. And for me, it's something I need to be reminded of. My prayer for my own family and for your families, Eagles, is that on this week and particularly this day, you would set the storms aside and that you would call your family, your loved ones to the table. And you would, like Paul say, it's been a long time and there's been constant suspense. And in many ways, we have gone without nourishment. So let's sit together. Let's take in the nourishment, the physical and the spiritual and the emotional. And let's just thank God for things in our lives. Amen. And Paul's doing that all the time, Mm -hmm. right? This is a story about Paul. Mm -hmm. But when I think about Paul's letters, constantly talking about being grateful in all situations, being thankful in all situations. That's his intro and outro of every letter. Yes. So not only is he writing that to the people Mm -hmm. around him, obviously we see him living that out too, which is really important. And chief among the things he's thankful for, right, is others constantly. Mm. Sure. Okay, Jay, what about you? Well, mine's less of a story and more how do we think about gratefulness as it pertains to the practice of our Christianity, how it's lived out in our relationship with God. I think one of the great debates in Christian theology throughout the centuries is how are we to navigate this tension between faith and works? Some will point to Romans chapter 10 in verse 9 that says, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Mm -hmm. And those people will say, see, it's faith. Others will point to James chapter 2 verses 14 through 17 that say this, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? Mm-hmm. In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Yep. So which is it? Martin Luther, in navigating this tension, just contemplated tearing the book of James out of his Bible. (laughs) Yes, I've heard that. So short of doing that, what do we do with that tension between Romans and James? Because for Luther, that's what it was. James opened up this whole world of grace to Luther. But what does Jesus say? Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23, Jesus says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. We know this. Our deeds do not save us. They do not bring about our salvation. Scripture is clear. What makes me righteous What takes away my sin? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't earn it. It is the work of Jesus Christ. His work on the cross, it is his blood. It is only through the saving work of Jesus Christ that we can enter into the presence of the Father. So where do these works come in? Why does Jesus talk about it that way? Why does James talk about it the way that he does? For me, I think gratitude has a whole lot to do with it. I was wondering when you were going to get to Thanksgiving. Here's Thanksgiving. I was like, it's got to come in here somewhere. If I recognize that I am saved by Jesus alone— Mm-hmm. And I realize what he saved me from. Mm-hmm. I realize the gravity of that. Should that not bring about an immense amount of thankfulness? And then what do I do with that? If you really understand it and you really get it, that's going to stir something in you. Right. That's going to bring about something in your life. And for James, he's saying it can't just be, you know what, I'm praying for you. Mm-hmm. I know you need a jacket, but you know, go and be warm. Right. 
The key is gratitude. And I also think that that's why Jesus is having us go to the orphans and the widows and the poor, because right. it's when we go to serve those people, we realize how blessed we are. Yes, those people need to be taken care of, and that's why he's sending us to them, because we can be a blessing to them. But that work is also a blessing to us. Mm-hmm. We get into this comparison game so often, and I cease to be thankful for the things that I have because I'm only looking to those people who have more. Mm -hmm. Jesus is always going to those who have less. To me, that's at the heart of the faith that we profess. That's That's at the heart of the faith that we practice. Gratitude. So on this Thanksgiving Day, I'm just thankful for thankfulness. Our seniors recently, we were talking about reciprocity mm-hmm. as a means of influence. I do something for you, you do something for me. And if you don't do something for me, then you feel a sense of burden. And one of my questions was, do we have a God of reciprocity? He gives something to us, do we give anything back? And their first answer was no. And I challenged it. I said, I think your sentiment is in the right zone, but I'm not sure you're right. Look in scripture. Does it seem like God does it seem like he wants people to do anything? And like, oh yeah, he, he says that he's jealous and he's angry and he's sad and he's hungry. And yeah, what is he hungry for? If the equation is reciprocity, what has he given you? Was there a time sometime in the 1970s where I was in the ether somewhere and I decided to be born and I took all of these atoms and pushed them together and I created a little being and then I put myself in that being and I was born. That sounds ludicrous. We all know that didn't happen. I don't remember a time before I was born, and I certainly wasn't active in creating my own self. God made me, gave me all that I am. I had no part in it. Everything that surrounds me is built on building blocks that I didn't make and no one around me made. That's been gifted to me. And then on top of that, he said, you want to come with me on an eternal story? Because I'll give that to you too. So if we put that equation in place and say, okay, Blanchard, what can you then do in return? Because God looks like he's jealous. What can you do in return? Nothing. There's nothing I can do. So what is it that he wants? And I think what he wants, I think he just wants us to care about all that. I agree. I think he wants us to look up to the skies and go, thank you. I couldn't do it all. I am so small. And God, yet you're, you're with me and you love me. There's no amount of words. There's no amount of actions that could ever appropriately say thank you. Sure. And just the act of sitting in that infinite gratitude. I think that's what he wants. Well, and I think what God has done is he's made us beings that want to emulate those that we look up to. Hmm. If we look up to God, we are going to want to be like him. We're going to want to emulate him. So this is a sticky conversation for people sometimes because they want to go, well, it sounds like you're saying you're earning it. And that's not what I'm saying at all. It is... Do you have a relationship with God? Because that's what faith is. And I think for Jesus in that passage, part of it is, how do you know? And I think it is played out in your life. You look like Christ. We get this in human relationships too. It's interesting to me that we apply a logic to God that we wouldn't apply to our own best friend or our mom or dad. Hmm. We would never think of doing good things as earning that friendship. The way I keep my friendship with Jay is I continue to do the right things. No, I'd say I have a friendship with Jay, and therefore I do the things that make Jay's life better. There you go. Like one follows the other. Right. We talked earlier about Paul starting all that he's talking about and ending all that he's talking about, about rejoicing or Mm -hmm. being grateful. At the end of his letter to the Thessalonians, starting in verse 16, he says, rejoice always, right, which is Paul says Mm -hmm. all the time. All the time. 
pray without ceasing, mm-hmm. give thanks in all circumstances, yep. for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. There are times when I think, how can I be thankful? How can I be thankful when this illness hits? How can I be thankful when COVID hits? How can I be thankful when somebody loses their job or I lose my job? We want to have this laser focus on the difficulty or the problem. It gets all of my life and all of my energy and all of my attention. Mm -hmm. And Paul wants us to look up and come up for a breath and go, man, there's so much for you to be thankful for in this life, in this moment. You mapped a lot of that out for us a second ago. That's good for me. Yeah, if you can just sit in the stuff that's good. I feel like we're always telling ourselves a narrative that things are getting worse, things are bad. Every time I go back a chapter in my life and kind of see an era of society, we're saying the same thing. Mm -hmm. Things are bad, things are getting worse, things are hard, this is terrible, that's terrible, why can't we fix this? And I think that, yes, things do ebb and flow and how bad they are, and there are bad things happening in the world right now. There are also always bad things happening in the world. And that's not to minimize those things. We need to be agents of healing and agents of light bringing, and we ought to be incensed when the world breaks. Yes. But I think the equation has always been in the favor of the blessings. Now, I want to be sensitive. There are people this Thanksgiving who are in a dark place, and there is, there's pain in my life. There are things that will hurt for me this Thanksgiving. And again, I don't want to minimize that. But can you balance it? Yeah, because the very breath in your lungs, Yes. if you stop to think about how much has to come together for that breath to even come into your lungs and how much of that you are actually responsible for, suddenly you go, my whole existence is outside of me. A benevolent force continues to fill me up with life every moment. Well, and you're a walking miracle. Yes, and everyone is. Mm. Everyone is. Yeah. Okay, so with that, I think we've done lofty and philosophical. I want to talk quickly about things we're thankful for. Maybe we can model for people, if you're going to count your blessings, what are you counting? So what if we went back and forth, just name something you're thankful for. You go, I go, you go, and let's try to get through a couple dozen things we're thankful for. This is something that gives me an immense amount of stress and you get excited about. (laughs) And all I can think about is, I have no notes. I am thankful for giving Jay stress. No, small things. All you got to do is, this brings me joy. Throw it out there. Okay. With Thanksgiving, right? I can do it. You get... I can do this. I don't... My whole life doesn't have to be scripted. Don't you ever do this at the Thanksgiving table where you sit around and go, hey, everybody, say something you're thankful for. Yeah, and I have a massive amount of stress as it's working its way around the table to me. You want me to go first? Reese's peanut butter cups. (laughs) Butterfingers. You're just going to stay on candy? (laughs) Skittles. (laughs) Punk rock. Ooh. The leaves changing in the fall. Snow-covered mountains. Ice cream. Ooh, what kind? Butter pecan. Butter pecan ice cream. Reese's peanut butter cup from Brahms ice cream. Solid. The A-frame cabin that my boys and I built by hand in our backyard. Oh, yeah. I am thankful for coffee. I'm probably 70% coffee right now in my body, and I'm thankful for Dutch Brothers coming to Edmond, Oklahoma. That's a win. Line is too long, but you know what? Blessings outweigh the length of the line. I'm really thankful for whoever invented Lego. Oh, yeah. That brings serious joy to my life and the lives of my two boys. Mario Kart. Shovel Knight. Board games. Just in general, board games. Collecting board games. They bring me a lot of joy. Game night. Home-cooked meals. You got a favorite home-cooked meal? 
My wife's pork chops may be the greatest thing on mm. planet Earth. The fried taco in Edmond is a new joy of mine. Delicious. I said ice cream. Cities. Cities ice, ice cream in Edmond. It's good stuff. So good. And when you say coffee, Holboken mm-hmm. in Guthrie. Ooh. We're mostly thankful for food. <laughs> I love dress jackets because I can hide the fact that I love food. I can be subtly into food and nobody has to know. Okay. Books. Books. Oh, I love books. I also love books. Say story time with my kids. When this podcast releases, I will be in Denver, Colorado, and I am thankful for the beauty of that place and all those people. I love Broncos football. (laughs) I love avalanche hockey. It's hard right now. I love avalanche hockey. That's right. I love the smell of dirt. I do too. And I love the smell after it rains. My wife and I walk nearly every day, and that's one of my favorite parts of the day, just talking yeah. Talking about our life, talking about our kids. Making forts with my kids. That's fun. Like blanket forts. Yeah. You know what I like is a fire. Like looking into a fire, I particularly love a fire when it's cold. You got you just feel the warmth and you can feel the cold wanting to creep in. Mm-hmm. The smell and the crackle. I know everybody loves fire. There's a reason, though. It, that could kill you, but you also <laughs> love it. My pug dog, Fridge. I'm going to be honest, I love my other dogs too, but Fridge is the standout winner in our home. Every day when I get home, she's excited to see me, and she has no tail because it curls up, and so her little bum just wiggles back and forth, and it is one of the best parts of my day. You can't have favorite kids, but you can have favorite pets. You can have favorite pets. Yeah. Yeah. They don't know. We have a long-haired dachshund. Mm -hmm. His name's Baker, and he just brings an immense amount of joy to the Mac household. I love my bed. Ooh. My bed is one of my favorite places on planet Earth. Yeah. It's just cozy. Mm-hmm. I feel like a hobbit when I'm in my bed. We've got a really big, thick blanket. It feels like it came from some super nice hotel. It did not. I carry that thing around like an eight-year-old sometimes. When it's really cold, I'm like, I'm just going to take this to the living room and wrap around. And I love that. There's something about being cocooned in is a blanket. A weighted, is it a weighted blanket? It's got weight to it. It's not a weighted blanket. Oh. I'll have moments where I've got a book or something, and I'll think to myself, this is the best. It's the best. It doesn't get better than this. This is so good. Mm-hmm. That's what you work hard for. Mm-hmm. So you can coon yourself up. I'm thankful for the ocean, wind through the trees. I'm thankful for the stars, the moon, the sun. I'm thankful for kind of this never-ending discovery. We talked about that last time. I love that. When I was a kid, I was so fascinated by space, and so much of my fascination was, you're never done. They're going to point a telescope over there, and they're going to find some new stuff. And they're mm-hmm. going to put one over there, and they're going to find some new stuff. And I love that the things you find in space aren't boring. They come back, and you go, whoa, look at that. That's crazy, and it's beautiful. That is such a blessing to me. God could have made a world that was just a grind, just... Go over that corner, open that thing. It's going to be the same thing you found before. You go over here and open that thing. It's going to be the same thing you found before. You've seen one. You've seen them all. We have a God that you zoom in on every snowflake and they're different. Mm. What in the world is that? He didn't need to do that. If they were all the same, we'd go, yep, they're all the same. Mm -hmm. That makes perfect sense that they're all the same. They're not. What a blessing it is to live in a world where there are new discoveries around every corner and you're guaranteed of it. Sure. Guaranteed of new discoveries around every corner. My family, I think, is always going to be first and foremost on my mind. So my wife and my two sons will just be forever grateful and thankful for them. My parents, yeah, just what they've done for me, what they model for me, what they continue to model for me, 
Like I'm a middle-aged guy and yeah. I still look up to my mom and yeah. I still look up mom to my dad. dad. Their unconditional love, their gratitude, their thankfulness, their generosity mm -hmm. continues to amaze me and blow my mind. So I am thankful for all the people that God has put in my life, but especially my family, but my work also. Mm -hmm. Part of me recognizes that there are people that are out of work. There are a lot of people around me who just don't love what they do. Yeah. So I'm thankful God continues to allow me to do a job that I love, but also the work that I don't get paid for. I love my church. I work with the college ministry at my church. All of that work brings so much joy mm -hmm. to my life. I just really love getting out of bed every day and doing the things that I do. So work and family, I'm really thankful mm -hmm. for this year. My wife is more than I deserve, and she puts up with a lot from me. You know, I put in a lot of hours at work. I go to a lot of things. She is doing a remarkable job raising our kids and teaching them to love God and love other people. And she loves me really well, too. And so I'm incredibly thankful for her. My three little kids, you can't put words to it. They're frustrating little miracles sometimes, and they make a lot of messes. But I'm cognizant of the fact that those are beautiful messes, and those are messes I'm going to miss one day. And they're, they're incredible little people. I'm also thankful for my mom and dad. I'm thankful for my brother and his family. I'm thankful for my in-laws. I'm surrounded by loving and generous people. I'm also thankful for my work. I've said this on the chapel stage before, and I'm not sure students read me as genuine, but I'm not sure students listen to this podcast. Their parents do. So I can say this. Parents, what I want you to know is one of the things I am so thankful for, and I bet Jay would echo me, is I'm thankful for your kids. A blessing of working with young people is this fountain of youth. You get to be constantly surrounded by people who are early on the road of their life and therefore just by design have to imagine a long road and the possibilities of that road. And they are creative and ambitious in ways that I think sometimes are baked out of us as we get older. And when you're always in the thick of it, it keeps alive in you. And I love that. And I also want you to know, parents, I think so many of your kids are getting it. They are in a process of becoming more and more like the image of God and seeing the image of God more and more in their neighbor. And to witness that every day, that is a huge blessing. Mm -hmm. I'm really thankful to be in their lives and to be hopefully a mentor to them. That's a privileged role. I think we can end with that one. This is my advice to you families. At Thanksgiving dinner, you're going to pray. And I don't know who is typically your go-to prayer warrior in the house who prays over Thanksgiving dinner, or maybe you go around the table. Here's what I would do, though. Pick the youngest person who has the ability to form words mm -hmm. and have them pray over your Thanksgiving table. No doubt. Because they're going to lift their eyes up around the room, and they're going to go, God, I'm thankful for Mama and Daddy and the refrigerator and magnets and turkey and salt and tables, and people who make tables, and windows, and people who make windows, and our house, and the trees, and the sky, and you're going to have to cut them off. But You better not cut them off. Well, you got to eat sometime. But the point is, they have it right. They you do. have it wrong. You and I are sitting here going, how do we come up with stuff that we're thankful for? And a little child takes to it and goes, you know what I should be thankful for? Everything. Right. And that's the correct posture. Mm -hmm. And we forget that over time. Amen. We should probably close in prayer on this one, don't you think? Ooh. Do you want to do that? You do the prayer. I'll play us out at the end. All right, let's pray. Dear God, today we are grateful for gratitude, for the opportunity to sit in the gifts that you have given us, 
to recognize that all that we have is beyond us, and yet it's been given to us with nothing really asked in return other than we acknowledge how big and benevolent and good that you are. Father, we love you, and we are so thankful. As we pray, we are spread out in many places and with different people, and we occupy different emotional states and financial states and family states, and I know there's a lot going on, but I, my prayer would be for all of us and our families that we can stop, that we can quiet the noise beyond us and quiet the noise that's in our own heads, and we can be in your presence, and we can be in the presence of the people that we love, and we can be thankful. Open our eyes today to the things around us, the big things that are obviously wondrous and the small things that sometimes hide their beauty and wonder from our eyes. Open our eyes to see them, to be thankful and to be joyous. And may this moment of gratitude move beyond just today, but unto Friday and beyond. May you cultivate in us a lifestyle of gratitude. Father, I am thankful for Oklahoma Christian Academy, for our students, their families, for my colleagues. It is a real blessing to be part of this community. It's not one I take for granted. Bless all the eagles this weekend. Keep them safe, give them rest, and energize them to see us again on Monday. We pray these things in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Eagle families, we are so, so grateful that you've joined us for this time. We're just thankful to know you, to have your kids in our school. They are blessings to us. I hope you understood that from our conversation today. We love the work that we are privileged to do at OCA, and we love the families that we get to live life alongside with. We pray the greatest blessings on your holiday this week. We will miss you. We hope you get good rest. We look forward to seeing you again soon. Have a good week. I'm thankful for all kinds of things. I just want them to get their muscles moving on. What are you thankful thankful, for? Thankful, thankful, thankful. Yeah. You don't have to be nervous around the Thanksgiving table. That's right. When your crazy uncle Will throws this question out to everybody. Put on your stretch pants. Sometimes you wear stretchy pants in your room. It's for fun.